the greatest presence, the greatest presence. I feel like the Lord's saying this year, as a gift to Him, let's release the presence. Let's release the presence. Let's release the holy presence, the divine presence of Jesus wrapped up inside of us, wrapped up inside of us. Alive, alive, living presence. You want to give someone a gift this year? <laughs> Release the presence. Release the presence in homes and hearts and businesses. Father, Release the presence, release the presence of Jesus, release the presence of life, of resurrection, of life, of life, of life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. May we carry the one true gift, your presence, and release that to everybody, our friends and family, everybody. We adore you, Jesus. We adore you. We adore you. And we thank you for that holy, holy, divine night that you were born. We adore you and we adore your presence. We love you. We love you. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that God became a man. Thank you that you chose to come and live and to die for us and as us. You came to give your life. We just adore you. Oh, come, let us adore you. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Christ the Lord. Sing it out again. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us Holy night. Oh, holy night. The stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and death. Till he appeared 
blessing fall on your knees on oh, the angels voice is the Lord and Christ is the Lord oh praise his name forever oh power and glory as your giants we're going to need a big Jesus so we better stay close to him what was this word I'm going to get to the word stay with me nobody's bored right if you're bored don't tell us it would crush me no no it wouldn't you sometimes I think stuff like that I mean I'm just telling being honest sometimes I go home I say surely that was the worst I, how why did I say that it's like last week you remember the guy from Louisiana Ryan I told you guys let's give him a hand I got bombarded after that in my mind. The devil said, you told the people to clap for somebody? They didn't even know who he was. He could have been a clown. He could have been some, who knows, an addict, somebody out of the, from some planet. You know, they don't. I thought, why did I have everybody clap for him? And then we had prayer meeting last Monday, and there were some people gathered, some folks from Korea, and they were prophesying over Ryan. And the word was that God wanted to honor you because he's a part of Louisiana, intercessors for Louisiana. And he's down there on the cutting edge and God just wanted to honor him. And so that wasn't so bad. I got off that and I told the devil, look here, you trying to condemn me, be gone in Jesus' name. We honor who God is honoring in this place. And he told me some wild stories about my hometown in Bogalusa. I didn't know it was like one of the main places for the KKK. And uh, he was telling me all the stuff that happened, and they've been holding meetings in Cassidy Park. You don't know where Cassidy Park is. I do. And um, anyway, it was so really, man, God is doing stuff. And when, when, I, when I heard about all these prayer meetings they're having down there, repenting of the sin for the land, I thought about 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. And you know what God is doing? He's raising up people as a part of the healing of the land. And they're doing things that are incredible. They're moving out and, and repenting and, and obeying the Spirit. And I'm... You know, I, I want to go back to my hometown after hearing all that. I'm a son of my hometown.
I'm a son of Bogalusa. That's not a dirty word. It's just the way it is. That's the name of the town. But I want to go back. I want to repent from some of that stuff too. I have to tell you one quick story. I remember we used to, um, speaking of drain the swamp, we would wade through the swamps. And uh, we, there was a creek. They had bayous, but there was a creek, the Bogalusa Creek. And me and my friend would wade down the creek. And I remember we would go about a mile. In that day, it seemed like a mile, maybe only a few hundred yards today. But, you know, when you're small, it seemed a lot bigger. So we, we'd go way down the creek, and we'd get out, and we, there was a house... And we'd, we'd, you know, sneak out of the water and sneak around. We wanted to see that house. It, we were convinced it was where the KKK had met. And so, you know, as little boys, you know, we thought we were spies. And so we were, you know, run around and stuff. And sometimes we'd get up and look in the windows. Now, if we ever heard any noise, because it was way back and there was a road, if we heard anything, we were back in that creek, you know. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You know, after hearing Ryan's story, that probably was... What we said it was. And uh, the, the atrocities and the hatred and the absolute things that went on. I'm so glad my dad wasn't a part of that. And I was just a little kid. But I'm telling you, we should be repenting. And I thank God that he's healing the land. He's, he, you, know, his, you know, this thing about social justice. There's no social. The only justice is when we repent and we come through the blood of Jesus. And that's the justice that America needs and crying out for in this time. And I don't know how I got off on all of that. But anyway, we wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. And I won't sing because if I do, you'll tell me to go home. Go back to Bogalusa where you belong. No, I'm not leaving. I got to show you this one scripture. And then this leads into the, to the message. Proverbs 20. In verse 21, if you heard, I know you're familiar with the scripture. It says, an inheritance gained hastily at the beginning will not be blessed at the end. How many of you remember that verse? An inheritance gained hastily. In another version, I think it says speedily. At the end, it will not be blessed. Why does it have to be that way? How come you have to endure to see some things come to pass? Well, it's just the way God made us. And I know many people right now are going through all kinds of stuff. And I'm going to get to the Christmas story. I actually get to preach out of the, the Christmas story this morning. But I was thinking about something in Habakkuk. I want you to go there just to review something really fast. Because I feel like people need it. I woke up this morning thinking about it. And uh, just remind you, an inheritance takes a while to possess. How many of you know that? And um, what does that say? The word of the Lord tested him the whole time until the word came to pass. And there are things you have to go through, but you have to endure. The, those that endure to the end. And it's not that everybody has to endure and stay here. I'm not talking about that. There are geographical places God is planning people strategically for this hour. But I want to show you something real quick. Then we're going to go to the Christmas story. You guys with me? Everybody here. If you're here, you're here. All right. So look in verse 2. Then the Lord answered me and said, because he, he's, he's, you know, he, oh, Habakkuk, chapter 2. There's not many chapters there. Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 1. I will stand. We'll back up in verse 1, then we'll get to 2. I will stand my watch 
and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I'm corrected. Now verse 2, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. So you should underline that. God gives you a vision. Without a vision, the people perish. Or, or, or that verse really means they cast off restraint. If you don't have a vision, what, do you, what will happen? Everybody does what's right in their own eyes, right? So we need a vision. There's a corporate vision. There's a family vision, individual vision. So you get the vision. Write the vision. Then make it plain on tablets. Make it plain. In other words, after you get a vision, what should you be crying out for? Understanding. Okay, God, this is a great revelation. I have your word. I see this. Now, how do I fit in the plan? You know, how am I going to do this? How does it work out? So you, you write it down or you, you make it plain so that he may run who reads it. In other words, so you can go for it. So you can step out. You can fulfill. How many of you, you don't want to just live life just surviving. You want to do the will of God. How many of you? You want to do what God's made you to do, he's, what he's birthed you for, what he brought you here for. And so you run with it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. Remember, there are appointed times. It's not my time, not your time. How many of you have learned over the course of your journey, you guys will learn this, God is never early, he's never late, he's always on time. But rarely is it your time. There's an appointed time. And then at the end it will speak, or at the end, at the end. Why does it have to be at the end? How come we can't go through this, at, but the, at the end? Remember Job. He lost all this stuff, and then right at the end, he saw that, that uh, God had something good in mind. And that at the end it will speak and not lie. In other words, you'll be tested. You will question, did you really hear from God? You'll question the integrity of God. How many of you have ever done that? Be honest. God, do you really know what you're doing? Did God say, you ever done that? God, did you really say this? Did you mean this? Is this really for me or was it a joke? You ever, I mean, I, I ask God stuff like, you don't ever ask him stuff like this? I may not put it exactly like a joke, but you question God. And, uh, but it's not a lie. He's not a man that he should lie. And then though it tarries... Wait for it. So not only do you have to go through the test, then you have to wait. How many of you like waiting? Waiting. Waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. You know how long you have to wait? To the end. Not all the time, but for the big... And then because it will surely come, say it'll come. It will happen. What God has promised you will happen. And then how, here's how it comes to pass in verse 4. Behold the proud... His soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. So we walk out the vision through the test, through the trials, through the questions, through the waiting, by faith. You get saved by faith. You get filled with the Holy Spirit by faith. You enter into ministry. You do everything by faith. Amen. You got it. Okay, now I'm getting back to that word, Margaret, I mentioned. Didn't you see a vision of everybody in here wearing jerseys? And it was the number 17. The number 17. And then you said, if I got it right, now if I'm wrong, please correct me. Okay? You said you saw God filling out a check, and he put the date, 2017. Well, you don't know, but my son's number, 
I had a lot of fun in baseball years. I've told you those stories. High school and college, he was number 17. And then Bonnie told me this most incredible thing, what God showed Bob Jones about March the 17th, 2017. Now, I'm not going to spoil the beans. I'm going to let Bonnie, she'll be here in, in February. And the, the weekend of, uh, what is it, Valentine's Day, when, you know, the anniversary of Bob Jones's death. It'll be the third year. So I'm going to save it. But I'm telling you, 2017 is a marked year. It's a marked year. And so we got to hit the ground running. you got to hit the ground with faith. If, I, if anything happens this morning, maybe we could just dump a whole bunch of faith in your spirit, man. Would, would that be all right if we do that? You know, I, I don't know. How do you open the head? You, no, by the word. That's how faith comes. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It helps when you interpret what we're trying to say here. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. I'm glad he bails me out sometimes. Now, look at that. He bails me out all the time. Look in Luke chapter 2 now. It's starting to get revved up a little bit. I'm sensing more of the anointing. Thank you, God. So I hate preaching without the anointing. I hate it. I despise it. To me, it's like the worst thing in the history of, of mankind. And I know sometimes you, it's not a feeling. Sometimes I don't feel anointed. You know, and I go home and say, Shirley, it was rotten. It was horrible. Please get me out of this stuff. You preach next week, whatever you know what I'm talking about. But then I've learned you may feel the most anointed, it'd be no anointing. So who cares? Let's just preach the word. Not about me, not about us. It's about the word. So we get to preach the word. Are you guys with me? All right, now Luke chapter 2. It's going to be good. If you think, why did I come today? Hang on. All right? We're gonna, something's going to happen. God's going to do something inside of you. Oh, let me back up. You know... You get these words about, okay, now, March 17, 2017, you know, God's going to do something in the spring. He's going to move in the fall. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You often get words, and then you get to that season of time, and that season of time comes and goes. And you say, well, was that a real word from God? Well, one thing that word did, it got you to where, to that season. It got you there. And then I'm convinced there's a whole lot of stuff going on around us that we're not aware of. God's doing things sometimes we miss. So don't, don't sell it lightly. God's promised you something coming up at Christmas. You know, hang on to that word. If Christmas comes and goes, then it will come and go. Just thank him. Say, God, I don't know. They said something was going to happen to me. Well, it did happen to me. Thank you, God. I believe your word. And then just go on and leave each day, live each day. But anyway, let's look. Luke chapter 2. You got that? We're out of Habakkuk. Luke chapter 2. Look with me. Let me read it. We'll go back and comment on it and then release that faith. And it came to pass in those days. Say those days. But that's those days. You know we're living in these days. And so we need a word for these days. But it's good to go back and read about this. That a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. Then the census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, 
which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. The breakthrough came, the time of fulfillment. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. But how many of you know there's room for him in this inn and in this inn and in America again? They may try to do away with the Christmas carol in Lancaster County and the Apex Nativity celebration over in Wake County, but they're not going to do away with him. Because there's room for him. There's folks crying out for him. And uh, he's going to hear the cries and uh, the welcome of the church in this hour. He's coming. You know, the enemy's risen up, but God's coming. When the enemy comes in like a flood, God raises a standard. And you and I are that standard. And the truth is that standard. All right, verse 8. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Now, you've got to think about this. Folks tell me they've seen the glory, and they, you know, it's like a giggly thing or whatever. Let me tell you, when you see the glory of God, I think the first reaction is you're going to fall on your face and be greatly afraid. You know what I'm telling you? There's a lot of glory that's not glory. The real glory is going to... And we know there'll be folks falling on their face in this place because of the presence of God. You don't just... He's not some Santa Claus. He's God. He's going to prove it. But anyway, let me stay to the subject. Verse 11. For there is born. Say, is born. Oh, wait a minute. I, verse, I skipped verse 10. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. And that comes after... You know, you, you bow, the angels show up, whatever. You, you know, God will give you grace to handle the glory. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. A manger, a feeding trough. And suddenly there was with an angel or there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. I've heard that. Are you Some versions, actually, the goodwill toward men is toward men of goodwill. You think about that. There's none good but one, Him, and it's only His goodness in us. Let me tell you, there's no peace for the wicked. There's only going to be peace for those who know Him. And they have a relationship with him. There's men are at war with God until they come to faith in Christ Jesus, right? There's a war. And Christ came to divide or destroy that middle wall of separation. And that's why stuff's going on around, you know, in Wake County and Lancaster. Because men and women are at war with Almighty God. And Jesus came to settle and to make peace. And it's only through him there will ever be peace. Verse 15, so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to see, go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, 
which the Lord has made known to us. And they came and with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. Now let me just point out a couple things. I remember 1994. Do you remember New Year's Eve? You have the better memory than me. But I remember this night. I remember we were at your house. No, we were in, we were in, they took us to dinner, New Year's Eve, 1994, on Mount Washington, overlooking Pittsburgh. Remember? Because, you know, the firework display. And, and uh, I remember I could not wait. It was after dinner, you know, you're lingering, you're waiting around for the firework display. It wasn't the fireworks I'm waiting for. I've seen fireworks. You know, I mean, it was cool over the city of Pittsburgh and over, you know, was Heinz Field then? Probably not. They had the old Three Rivers Stadium in that day. But anyway, we're up there, Mount Washington. Forget the fireworks. I couldn't wait for 1995. I couldn't wait. It's like in my spirit. There was like something was about ready to go off. There were fireworks inside of me. I couldn't wait. I just said, God, I can't wait. I can't wait. 30 minutes. I was counting down. I could not wait till the clock struck midnight and the fireworks erupted. I was, I was so anticipating 1995. Well, 1995 came and went. And I don't know all that happened. It was a good year. I think it was. Probably had a few challenges along the way. But God wants you to have that kind of expectancy for 2017. And if you don't have it, I'm praying God will break off all the dread, all the fear, all the, all the stuff. You know, you wonder how things are going to work out. You wonder how you're going to pay this, how that's going to happen. I pray God Almighty will rise up and break all that off of you. Fill you with hope and expectancy. I'm telling you, this is going to be the best year you've ever lived. I don't care what the pundits say. I don't care what the forecasters say. As long as God is on the throne. You know, I've heard people say, now you don't want to get your hopes up too much. You know, like uh, something happens and, and you say, well, it's not that bad. Well, I don't want to get my hopes up. Fooey on that. Get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. He is a God of hope. A God of all hope. Hope is like an anchor. Now, I know that hope deferred makes the heart sick. I understand. But I'm telling you, this is a time to be hopeful. Look in that verse, verse 11. For there is born to you, say to you, there is born to you this day. Now, I remember it was about two months ago, preaching a message, and it seemed like the Holy Spirit was emphasizing that this day is that day. Anybody remember that but me? I remember we kept repeating that. This day is that day. It's the day you've been waiting for. It's the day of salvation. You know, it's the, the appointed hour. It's the day we're made for. It's the day of the Lord. It's His day. And we can rejoice. It's your day. It's my day. And it's our day because it's His day. Something's happened in the Spirit. Something has shifted. How many of you can sense it? Something shifted. Now, if you can't sense it, just believe it. I'm telling you, something shifted in our nation. I know the enemy is still rowling. Good. Let him rile. I know a God that's roaring. Greater than rowling. He's a roar. He's coming. Like a mighty. You know that word about 
that Bonnie had about the, the, the Rose of Sharon. Did you read that on Elijah list? They put us in there. We're, we've made history now. Now we, we're in the big time. We made the Elijah list. We don't care about any of that stuff. But anyway, we do care. The word was that the Rose of Sharon has budded. Remember? And Bonnie met with me, and I, I told Bonnie, I said, Bonnie, you should go over to your husband's grave over there and just lay down one rose as a symbol, you know, symbolic of faith, the rose of Sharon. And she couldn't find a single rose, so she got a dozen. And she said the Lord spoke to her and said, that's because of the government. The government. The government's the kingdom. I'm telling you, there's a kingdom emerging in this hour. And it's, it's emerging in us. I know we put on that sign out there when people drive up. You know, the gospel of the kingdom or however we worded it. You know, the, the purposes of the kingdom. That's going to be a primary goal, primary emphasis this year. I know a kingdom that's coming. It's the kingdom that's there will never be ever an end. But it's our day. It's our time. Now, there's a scripture. Think about this. You don't have to turn there. Revelation chapter 9 talks about the blowing of the trumpet. And it says, so the four angels who had been prepared, listen how it puts it, for the hour and the day and the month and the year were released. Now, you, they were released to kill a third of mankind. That's pretty heavy, heavy verse. But what really emphasized to me was the angel had been prepared for the hour and the day and the month and the year. That tells me in the time of the revelation, things are going to happen to the very day, to the very hour, to the very month, to the very year. So what else does that tell me? That tells me you and I have been called to the very hour, to the very month, to the very day, to the very year. Listen, if you're following him, you're right on time. You're right on time. This is your day. Things are going to start happening to the very day that God's purpose God's planned it. I'm telling you, he's that kind of God. So that's the first thing I saw in the scripture. For there is born to you this day, the, you know, the Savior. He's born to you this day. And sometimes God gives us the announcement. I'm telling you, this is your year. It's your time. It's your month. It's your hour. But things have to unfold. How many of you know that? So there's a baby born. Okay. There is born to you this day a babe in the city of David. Great. Thank you. That's great news. And some of you, you've moved out on faith. Some of you have come here. God said, go. You came. And now you're wondering, did I make the right decision? How many of you ever thought that? You ever, did, God, did I hear you? All I can tell you, the story's not over yet. What did, what's that saying when they're playing soccer, basketball, it's not over till the fat lady sings. We probably shouldn't repeat that. That means what now? It's one minute. You got time. One minute. You know we need, God needs to bear witness. We need to see some athletic events that win in the last second during this season. Just to prove, just as a symbolic thing to the church, you can win in the last moment. What do they call them? The Hail Marys. Hail Mary full of grace. No, no, I'm not going there. I repent. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean it. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. We bless. We bless. We bless. In Jesus' name. I appreciate you guys letting me just be me. I can't be anybody else. I just got to be me. 
But you know, there's the story, the pronouncement. Okay, this is the will of God for you. It's, a, it's just a babe. And then you got to go on. Look in verse 12. And this will be a sign. You need some signs along the way. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. So there's not only the word, but then, you know, the thing has to come to pass. How is this babe going to save the world? I mean, what is there? What kind of plan is this? How is a baby going to save the world? This must be something beyond what man can do. It must be something only God can do. And it is. How is God going to fulfill his promise to you when you're in the pickle that you're in? Or you know you look around, you see the circumstances. Well, I can tell you God's got a plan. Now, what was his plan for Jesus? Well, he, he was wrapped in swaddling clothes. How many of you know what swaddling clothes? I looked this up. It's with pieces, straps of cloth. They would sometimes use them for burial cloth. They would also use them to wrap the lamb that was going to be sacrificed so the lamb wouldn't, you know, kick or whatever. And because they had to have a lamb without spot and blemish, so they would tie the lamb up. So the baby Jesus was a sign, tied him up. He was the perfect lamb without spot and blemish. He was constrained from his very, whatever it was, right from his birth. And uh, that's what the word means, to strap or to wrap with strips of cloth. It was very humble. They, they did away with that. It's a good thing. Can you imagine coming into the world like that? You came into the world like that, didn't you? In what do you call those incubator things? Nobody could touch you. If I could have got there, Shirley, I would have touched you. I would have given you a hug for three months. They, nobody hugged you. That's why sometimes... Oh, never mind. And then, let's press on. Swaddling clothes. What kind of plan is this? You're going to send the king of the universe in straps of cloth? What are you talking about? He was a sign that he was the lamb, the perfect lamb of God without spot and blemish who would offer his life for the sins of the world. And then a manger. You know what a manger was, right? A feeding trough. It wasn't the Hilton. It wasn't even the Days Inn. It wasn't, what's the one below the Days Inn? Motel 6. And then below that, Econo Lodge. And then below that, Ralph's stay and, get, and whatever, you know. <laughs> Ralph and Helen stay overnight or whatever. I hope there's no Ralph and Helen here. I didn't mean anything personal. But you know what I'm talking about. This was worse than that. A feeding trough. That's no good. What does that tell us? That tell us that the fulfillment of the promise often comes in the most humble, unsuspecting, unspectacular fashion. We look for the spectacular. We look for the, you know, I remember times I'd, I would go out and pray, God, if this is you, cause lightning to flash across the sky. Maybe a shooting star or something like that. Then nothing would happen. Well, maybe a cloud would just go over the moon and look like a shiny star. Something, God. You know, looking for some fantastic way. He comes in the most simple, humble. He might be speaking to you. I saw Yosef right here this morning at the altar with that gold flag. I thought, that's pretty cool. Yosef worshiping Jesus. That's a sign. He's raising up a generation. They're going to be radical in their worship and in their obedience. So we don't necessarily need the supernatural, but we get to get in on it. 
But first you've got to be willing, Lord, the humble. I don't care. Whatever. But then look in verse 13. And suddenly, suddenly, there was an angel. So there's a suddenly. There's the unexpected in the flash, in a blink of an eye. Remember 1 Corinthians. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep or die, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. But then the supernatural does come. Verse uh, 14, there's all, all of a sudden a host of angels crying out, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And so the supernatural does come. It's part of our inheritance. It's part of our heritage. Whether you're looking for it or not, signs will follow those that believe. I need to get an amen. Signs will follow those that believe. Did you guys hear what happened to Josh Zebatal? Josh was going to be here this morning playing the drums. Did you hear what happened to his dad? How many of you heard? His dad, so I can share, a lot of you heard. His dad's driving an 18-wheeler. He's up in Indiana. He's talking to both Tessa and Josh. How did that happen? Yeah, from a few moments apart, he's talking to them. He has a heart attack while he's talking to Tessa, I guess. And so because he's talking to Tessa, Tessa is able to call, you know, the authorities and... Um, I don't know how they found him, but anyway, he goes off into a ravine on his 18-wheeler. And what we found out, they said, because it was snowing and they had a snow cover, they said if it hadn't had snow, he would have hit, it would have split apart, he would have been dead, there would have been no chance for survival. So it rolled over, this 18-wheeler hit, and then on the snow, it just kind of skirted across. But then when they found, they said the whole area was destroyed except where he was sitting. Now get this, get this. This is what the cardiologist said. He said that Bernie experienced a heart attack. His heart stopped. They knew it. But the impact of the truck when it hit, it was like an electrical shock that shocked his heart back. Shocked his heart. He had a shock. A doctor was, how can that be? It can be because God is God. Now, there's other stuff to the story. And, I'm, and we're going to have Tessa share the testimony, so I'll be quiet. But I couldn't help but tell you that. Because a lot of people knew it anyway. What kind of God is this? He must think he's God. He is God. And he's your God. And there is the supernatural. And it will follow you. I'm telling you, this is a, an amazing, incredible time. But then, you know... You don't want to just boast in what God's done. You want to get up and go tell people about it. So in verse uh, 15, So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go. Let's go to Bethlehem. And so you, you go. You step out in faith. Sometimes you have the best intentions. You go and, and you slip. You know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you go and, you know, things don't work out exactly like you thought. So what does that mean? You quit? No, you keep going in whatever God has said for you to do. Now, if he says change course, whatever, and he, there's plenty of room for that. But you keep going. You keep going. I want to be one. I want to be known as one that never stopped. Trust in Jesus. You know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to retreat. We're not going to back up. Once we put our hand to the plow, we don't want to take our hand off the plow, do we? Because the Lord said, if you do, you're not even fit. So I'm going to keep my hand on the plow. 
And that's what they did. They went. And then after you go, then what happens? Then you have to confess. They said, let us see this which has come to pass. So you confess. What if you agreed with what God said about you on a daily basis? You know, forget what the devil says about you. Forget about what, you know, who you thought was your friend, what they say about you, you know, or your neighbor, whatever, or the news media. Remember, it's all fake news. It's all fake. Most of it is really propaganda. Most of it is fake. It's all been turned around. What's right is wrong. What's wrong is right. So what the devil, what he tells you is fake news too. It's fake. It's fake. God's news is what's true. And so confess what he said. Okay, I'm going through this. I confess what God said to me last. If you can't think of anything else, just think of, okay, what did you say to me last? Well, you said I'm your son. You said I'm your righteousness. That's a good one. God, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. I'm born again not by some corruptible seed from the tradition of my forefathers, but by the precious blood of the Lamb as without spot and blemish. I mean, you can think of a whole bunch of stuff. I'm blessed. By His stripes, I'm healed. Well, you don't look healed. Well, so what? I believe what God said. He said He's forgiven all my iniquities. He's healed all my diseases. Well, what if you don't get healed? Well, when I stand before Him on that day, I'm going to say the same thing. I'm blessed. You've forgiven me of all my iniquities. You've healed me of all my diseases. I didn't care whether I saw. I believe in you, God. I believe what you said. And I'm staking my claim, thus saith the Lord. You know what I'm talking about. I wish I could just drive that in some people right now. I'm not a, a pulpit smasher. I wish God would do some pulpit smashing. That'd get the attention. You know what I mean? God, when are you going to do stuff like that? Just smash some pulpits. And folks don't even need to be behind them. Anyway, I don't know. I'm just telling you God's going to come. And uh, he's going to purify. Judgment doesn't begin in the halls of Congress. It's supposed to begin in the house of God. Not just supposed to. It is. But what God said is true. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceed from the mouth of God. And not only proceeded, but proceeds ongoing. So we want to be those at ongoing. And then after they confessed, then in verse 17, now when they had seen him, they saw him. And so you're going to see. What did Habakkuk? We looked at that earlier. That vision is for an appointed time. Though it tarry, wait for it. It's not a lie. It's not a lie. You're being tested. You can wait. It shall surely come. Behold, the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his what? By his faith, his faith, not grandma's faith, not grandpa's faith, not your pastor, whoever, your faith. The just shall live by your faith. And then so they, they see him. And after they see him, what do they do? Then they make him widely known. And I'm telling you, he's going to be widely known from these grounds. It's already happening, but it's going to happen through you. Some of you are going to go to many of these nations. Some of you, I'm telling you, you're here for a season. You're just here for whatever God has. I don't know. He's the greatest equipper. He's the equipper of the saints. In fact, I often remind him, you know, I don't know that anybody personally discipled me. You know who discipled me? 
The Holy Spirit discipled me. I mean, he used people, but it was the Spirit of God. The work he began in me, he kept perfecting that work. And he'll do it for you as well. Nobody may speak into your life, and people may speak into your life. God's speaking into your life. Did you know that he's ever living to make intercession for the saints? He's praying for you. Jesus is praying for you. That's pretty powerful. In other words, you can make it. You're going to make it. How many of you think his prayers are going to be heard and answered? They're going to be heard. They're going to be answered. And then all the world, we're going to shout his name from Moravian Falls. That's one thing Bob Jones prophesied. And I don't know how it's all going to happen, but we're going to let it rip. Our God reigns. They tell us he doesn't reign. They say, you can't say that. We're banning you. We're going to say it twice as loud. Ban. What are you talking about, ban? You knock one of us out, the next guy will get up. We're going to keep going. You're not, he said, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. And it's not going to, it ain't going to happen. Never has, never will. Church will, it's not, you know, that, when I heard that about a legend, I wanted to go tell those people, you think he's not a legend. Now, maybe he's going to leave. I don't know. I'm just telling you. He's real. Okay. And then you know what happened. And they came, and they found Mary and Joseph. And they saw him. They began to make it known. Look over in Matthew chapter 1. You guys with me? Nobody left yet. If you leave, I'm going to probably say, stop. Wait. Don't go yet. You've got to wait for the finishing touch. All right, Matthew chapter 1. You know, you've got to take advantage. Preach this, these scriptures when you have an opportunity. All right, let's look at it. Matthew chapter 1, because it's a word for today. He's not just a Jesus that came. He's a Jesus that lived, a Jesus that died, a Jesus that rose from the dead, and a Jesus that's coming again, and a Jesus that's living in the hearts of his saints, his presence. And then now look in this. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through, through verse 23. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. How could this thing be? It was by the Spirit. How's God going to work out things in your life? I'm telling you, not by might nor by power. Not by your, your working it out, your own, your own ingenuity. It's by the Spirit, saith the Lord. How many of you agree? It's by the Spirit. And uh, all that Mary said was, let it be, God, according to your word, when, she, when it was prophesied over. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take your wife, Mary. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled. Say fulfill. There's a lot being done right now. Being done that we can't see and some things we can see. We only see through a glass dimly. But so that this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with the child and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which is translated God with us. So there's a lot being done right now in your life. You can't see it all. You can't see the finished result. But I'm telling you the fulfillment is coming. There's a fulfillment. 
over Moravian Falls. It's coming. There's a fulfillment over North Carolina. It's coming. There's a fulfillment for our nation. The enemy tried to steal it. He's always trying to steal. That's what his job is. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus has come to give us life and to give it more abundantly. And that life's living in you. And you know, just to wrap this up, I, there were four things he gave me. Jesus in our midst. That's what it's really all about. Emmanuel, we were singing. Your presence. God, we love your presence. That's what it's all about. His presence. Four things happen when he's filled the room or filled the place. First of all, there's a lot of rebirthing that happens. Rebirthing. Our nation needs a rebirth. How I many of you know that? I'm telling you, let's just prophesy it and believe it. Let's don't back up. I don't care what happens. Even tomorrow, I don't care what happens. They told me that some of the leftist groups, actually, Mike told us that Ray, or who was it? Earl told us that all these groups have reserved all the spots on the parade grounds, you know, when they do the inauguration. There's only one area reserved for the Americans. And the rest of them are all of those that are going to show up to cause a ruckus. I don't know if all that stuff is going to happen. But I'm telling you, God has got a plan. He's a God that brings to back to birth the things that had passed away, things that had died. He's a God that can raise the dead. And that's what this gospel is all about. And folks get born again too. Then it's about the release of captives. When Jesus shows up, the captives get set free. Captives get set free. Man, hearing that story, you were bound by drugs. Anybody else bold enough to say at one time in your life you were bound with some kind of drug addiction or something? I mean, but you're free. Does it work? Is he really who he says he is? Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And then it's about restoration. He restores the years that the locusts have devoured. Then it's about reformation. We don't want just revival in America. I mean, we want revival. We want a reformation. God's not after just for a revival in your life. He wants a reformation. He wants you conformed into the image of his son till Christ is formed in you. Just like your mother. Till Christ is formed. Now, some of you feel like that's a long way from happening. It's probably a lot closer than you think. Don't sell him short. He's a God that begins. He's a God that carries you through. And he's a God that finishes. And he finishes well. Well, I've been thinking about that. God, I want to go a bunch more years, but I want to finish well. I want to finish well. I know that's the heart of so many people. Well, guess what? When he's the finisher, you will. Amen? Well, as they say, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. All of you are wearing jerseys. You're wearing number 17. No, no. He's wearing pajamas. They had a pajama party last night. I told him, I told Dylan, he's chicken. Why don't you wear yours? Oh, come on, man. Oh, you did. You wore a little bit. No. Oh, it's underneath you. Well, come on, man, do your thing. You know, what I, got to, you know I don't know. I don't mean, this is, this is a holy moment. 
It's a really, you know, holy moments are probably going to be filled with a lot of joy. You guys ready? What, what's the whole message about? Joy, peace, you know, goodwill toward men. He came, he intended it for all men, whosoever will. Whosoever will come. If you're here this morning or you're watching by the web stream, and we, we know there are many watching, and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, and you don't know if this was your last day on earth, you know, if we never met again, this was the last gathering. It's not going to be, okay? It's not going to be. There are going to be many, many more. Gatherings of the saints will continue on in locations yet to be discovered. But as long as we can meet in the church, thank God. But if this was the last time you ever heard the gospel and the Holy Spirit was convicting you, you can't just come to Jesus when you want to. You can't just say, okay, today I think I'll follow... Now, you do. That's discipleship, following him, but coming to know him. You can only know him when he draws you, right? you got to draw. The Spirit draws. How many of you remember when he drew you and your heart? You remember? Was it like for me, your heart beating out of your chest, you know? And you hold none. In those days, we called them pews. And pew. What a terrible name. Pew. What a terrible name. <laughs> well, that's kind of what it was. And so, but it wasn't. The Holy Ghost wasn't pew. He was convicting me, you know what I mean? And I gave in, I let go, and, and I walked and surrendered. I said, Jesus, I want to know you. And then when I yielded to the ministry, I remember that. It, at following that encounter I had up in Ridgecrest where I knelt down and gave my life. All this stuff, it's a journey. But it begins, you have to believe in your heart that God has raised his son from the dead. Then you confess with your mouth. And you believe and you confess and you will be what? Saved. Let's all stand. And I, I want to pray and then we're going to release faith, okay? Release faith. I'm going to stir fire and faith. Fire and faith together, okay? So, but let's pray. Any, if you're here without Jesus, we're going to pray with you. We'll pray out loud just to confirm in our own faith, but just to support you if you're watching. Let's just pray out loud. Say, dear God. I believe in Jesus, that He is the Son of the living God. I believe He died and rose from the dead. I ask You to forgive me of my sin and to come into my heart as Lord and Savior. I surrender my life to You. From this moment on, I surrender, I yield to You. I make You Lord of my life. I ask you to fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the fire and the power of God to live for you. And I thank you for saving me. And I'm going to confess it to many people in this hour. In Jesus' name. Now, how many of you could use a new... Hey, you're still here, Jake, that, uh, uh, Joshua. That's great. You're still here. Wonderful. When you finish, would you play something softly? But go ahead and have communion. Oh, man. Okay, let's just wait. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. What do you want to do, Lord? Last time, our family, these folks, they're like family to me. We're family. God, that's what the kingdom of God is. Family. Family. 
We could be meeting outside on that stage in the cold and the rain. Wouldn't matter. We could be meeting in a barn. We'd be family. And we'd be committed to do the will of God. We'd be enduring, doing. Lord, I thank you for the promises you've given many individuals. Everyone here, not just many, everyone. There are things we can point to that you've said, this is a thus saith the Lord for you. It's something I'm calling you to. It's something I'm doing. It's something I'm going to do. Lord, there are promises. And Lord, we thank you just as Jesus was born a babe and came in the most humble, even humiliating of ways, swaddling clothes, in a manger, at a feeding trough. We thank you that that babe lived and grew up to become everything that God said he would be. We thank you. And Lord, I thank you. I prophesy over everyone in this room, everyone watching, that every word spoken over their life, every word that came from the heart of God, every purpose, every promise, Lord, the things, the ideal of your heart for every individual. Lord, I thank you. You have dreams for us. I don't understand it all. But God, I know that when we trusted you, we became your workmanship. We were created in Christ Jesus for good works which you prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so, Lord, I thank you. We were saved by faith. And now we can walk out the plan of God, the purpose of God by faith. And so, Lord, I ask you to release a gift of faith. I thank you that we have faith in you. I'm asking you for the faith of you, the faith of heaven, the faith of God. Lord, we need big faith in this hour. 2017 I ask you to release it God in every individual the faith now God I ask you to combine it with the fire of God the fire of the Holy Spirit seal it God Lord I thank you Lord I don't know that any year since to that night in 1994 I'm always looking forward but nothing compares with that night I don't know why I don't even know all that happened that pre that next year but God, I ask you to fill everyone in this room, those watching, Lord, with faith, expectancy. God, I ask you for a heavenly excitement. Lord, I ask God that bells would go off, fireworks. God, release in them the Spirit of God, Spirit of expectancy in their spirit. God, I ask between now and, and two weeks from now, the end of this year, God, let it be like they can't contain, they can't hold it in. Because of the things they're looking forward to. God, we're going to get our hopes up. We're not going to be afraid of getting our hopes up. You are our hope. So we, we lift our hope up. I lift everyone's hope up. I don't care what it is. Any disease, we lift our hope up. Any trial, we lift our hope up. In the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, I loose it. God, I don't know how to give it to everyone. God, would you come? Would you send angels to lay hands on people right now? Just release. God, I know things are going to happen supernaturally, spontaneously. God, I'll be faithful to lay hands. But God, right now, would you lay hands on people? God, obviously, you laid your hand on Bernie. God, thank you. Thank you for saving him. Talking to his wife while he's having a heart attack. And they knew where he was. They could track his phone and they knew he was in trouble. God, thank you. Thank you that, that even the crash served to restart his heart. 
God, let people see that sometimes even the crash, even the bump is used of God to restart, to remake, to rebirth the vision and the purpose of God. So, Lord, thank you for all the crashes. Thank you, God, for the snow. Sometimes you make things a lot more comfortable, a lot more easier than they would be. So thank you for the comfort, the comforter of the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, just release it right now. Just put your hand on your stomach. That's what I, just right there. Just, that's your spirit. Lord, just release. Say, I receive all that heaven has for my life, for my family, my children, for this city, for America. I'm standing in the gap. And I say, yes, God, there is room for you in this inn. There's room for you in our land, in our schools again, in our government again, in the halls of Congress, in the church again. Lord, you're welcome. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We welcome you. Thank you, God. And in my own heart, on my own life, thank you, thank you, thank you. And Lord, I thank you for 2017. Just say that. Lord, I thank you for 2017. I thank you. I prophesy over my life. Say that. This is the best year I will ever live. This is what I've been waiting for. It's what I've been made for. I'm on your team. And you are a champion coach. And you put me in the game at this hour to win, to overcome, and to be a part of an outbreak of the Holy Spirit, an outpouring of the Spirit, a revealing of your glory that this nation is yet to see. And so here I am, God. Use me. Fill me. Empower me. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, we need some miracles. Anybody know anybody sick? I feel like we have faith right now. Anybody know somebody sick? Yes, sons, others. Let's just pray. Release your faith. God, we release faith. He said he sent his word and his word healed them. We pray over these people that we're thinking about and we say, God, we send your word right now. The word of healing, the word of deliverance the miracle right now we crush the head of the serpent we break the power of every spirit of infirmity and disease in the strong name of Jesus our Lord